you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison. On American Family Radio, it is day three from the refuge. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is summer camp 2023, and it's our third day. I'm Meeky. And I'm Will. And, oh my goodness, I want to say that we have... D Youngblood and J Mac on tap, <laughs> but you know I haven't checked in because okay I'm right okay thank you so much J Mac I appreciate it um, I haven't checked in because we haven't opened the phone lines because That's we've true. been broadcasting um, from the refuge in Aiden North Carolina maybe we can do a little bit of that today we'll maybe. see um, we've got hmm. Maria Hamilton the third scheduled <laughs> that's not true that she's the third but she is scheduled to be right, on with right, us right. in the second segment we are talking uh, this week all about kids all about our young people and how yeah. we might. Uh, love them well and invest in them well uh, for the glory of God. And um, my goodness, she is definitely top of my list for those who are invested in children and understanding how vital it is Mm -hmm. and how critical it is to get a biblical worldview into these kids' hearts at the earliest of ages. Um, So we're going to talk to her about that in the second segment. First up, I want to talk about um, something that you mentioned yesterday. So Mm -hmm. we had um, one of the local reporters from Eastern North Carolina come onto the campground Mm -hmm. and she wanted to write a piece about our visit here, why we were here and why we would be doing what we're doing. Um, and which is a great time. Um, I, I feel like the best reporters are those that you just think you're having a conversation with Mm -hmm. and you don't feel like you're being interviewed. You know what I mean? And so you're just talking, but she asked you a question and I thought your response was really interesting. And I wanted to unpack that in the first segment because I've been, processing it over and over again. And she asked what we were concerned about as we look at young people today, young Mm -hmm. Christians today, or those who are professing to be Christians, right? What we are concerned about and then what we are encouraged by. And the thing that got me thinking, and I've been thinking about this is what you said you were encouraged by. Mm -hmm. And We've talked on this program before mm-hmm. that when we see things correcting or like when we see a, a pushing back in real time, like the devastation in real time, it tells you or it tells us that we've gone so far to the edge so fast yeah. that it's really, really bad. Right? right. And we see this happening in the area of the conversation of transgenderism and what people call non-binary and all of these things and the use of pronouns and, and all of it that we're navigating. But you said something yesterday that I don't think I had really considered. Because when I think about this, I think about the adults kind of getting their fill and saying, enough of this, enough of this. Mm-hmm. But I often am thinking, but the kids, the kids, we got to continue protecting the kids. Yeah. Something that you pointed out that we have seen here at camp is that the kids are beginning to resist this. Yeah. So you were encouraged by that. Kind of unpack that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just encouraged by, you know, um, the discernment that the young people here uh, have <laughs> concerning goodness, these issues. And, yeah. and I think 
there is a point of it is just being thrown in their faces so much mm-hmm. that it's like, okay, that's enough. That's enough. I'm yeah. tired of this, yeah. you know, tired of, you know, the constant barrage yeah. of, uh, of this agenda being uh, tossed in our faces. And so I, I, I see that in them. I see that they're like, man, we, we just really want, you know, for those who are professing Jesus Christ, biblical truth mm-hmm. and how to be able to answer these questions mm-hmm. because they're coming. These questions are being uh, posed to us and they're being, you know, our peers are, are, are asking these questions or saying these statements and doing these different things. How are we supposed to answer yeah. uh, those questions? And I think um, what we've seen here is just a hunger My for the word and for truth yes. and for yes. how to navigate these issues. That's and so that's right. encouraging. Man, look, one of the things that really shocks me um, in a good way about the kids that, that I, I feel like we are having an opportunity, and I do believe this is an opportunity for us to be able to observe, is that, as you mentioned, they are discerning, they are very keen, very sharp, so you can make a statement, and before you even get to your point, you can audibly hear that they are registering that. Mm-hmm. Like It's like, mm, right. like they, they are responding to even the setup. Yeah. Right. Like as you get into it and you start talking about like, for example, so I'm talking last night and this was in the Q&A session because you presented last night and then we had a round of Q&A. Mm-hmm. And so then and I, I love Q&A because it gives an opportunity for like a 2.0 of sorts. Mm-hmm. Right. Where you can mm-hmm. kind of really drill down and then you also register what the kids are, are really picking up. Mm-hmm. And so there was a question that kind of sparked a conversation about content that we consume. And what if you've got. LGBTQ plus characters in that content. The question was, do you just not consume that episode or do you throw out the entire series? You Mm, say it's all mm -hmm. done, right? Right. And so, so I said, I said, well, it depends on whether or not you recognize it as a part of a larger agenda. Mm. So without going into too much detail, because we're talking to teenagers Mm -hmm. and so we don't want to like wear them out with a lot of like Mm -hmm. twists and turns. You want to just punch the response. Right. But it requires a little bit of setup. Mm -hmm. So I start talking to them about a book that was written and our listeners know it because I talk about it all the time. I I use it as my counter manual. Right. Um, (laughs) The book after the ball. Yeah. And so I start talking to them about this laid out agenda that Mm -hmm. was widely circulated in the 90s that this is how we're going to get over this obstacle that is American morality as it pertains to homosexuality, that Mm -hmm. we're going to lower those defenses. And as I was talking about that, and I was talking about the agenda to get characters in every um, sitcom at the time Mm -hmm. and to keep it in front of people, make sure that people know that, hey, your your, um, celebrities are LGBTQ, or, and at the time it was LGBT or gay is what Mm -hmm. it was called, right? And the names keep shifting, and that's on purpose. <laughs> right. But as I was going through that, I said the co-authors of the book were a marketing guy and a psychologist. And as I'm saying that, the kids are like, oh. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Collectively, mm-hmm. they recognize that someone who has a background in marketing and psychology linking up to change the way people feel about things mm-hmm. is bad. Right. <laughs> I was I was blown away mm. by that collective response that shows me oh man it gives it I'm I, it makes me feel just a little bit just a little bit emotional because um I feel like often we lament mm. 
-hmm. like oh man what's going on with our kids and we pray for them mm -hmm. and we pray that they would have discernment we pray that they would be sharp we pray that they would be fortified and i feel like in real time we are getting just a small picture a small glimpse of god responding to that prayer yeah that when 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 we are talking to these kids they're like oh like they get it mm -hmm. they see how that is meant to to, to use a skill mm -hmm. to use an ability mm -hmm. to shape a response yeah. to 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 cultivate a response in people and so that's really encouraging to me and i think it goes back to your point of the kids being bombarded with so much right. and they're they're having so much thrown at them it's like you said yesterday um, you didn't say it on the air. You said it in the interview. Um, but you said it's like the enemy kind of overplays his hand a little bit. Yeah. yeah. You know, there is this belief that you can you can be victorious. But right. yeah, you can overplay your hand. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, just how it's being uh, really just crammed down the, the, the whole society's throat that yeah. this is the way to go. And this yeah. is what we want to do. And, you know, and everywhere you look. Yeah. And, and even when I was talking about that, I said. Man, aren't y'all getting tired of seeing yeah. it just everywhere? Collective you know, response the was. stores you go to, yeah, you know, <laughs> yes. just the, the 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 food you buy, like it's just like it's everywhere. everywhere. And I think they are. I think yeah. they're like, man, and uh, I think they they're realizing that a lot of stuff don't even make logical sense. Right, exactly, right. You know, like I don't believe that, like yeah. you know, and I so I think some of that, and I, I I'm encouraged by that because I feel like now giving them the tools from scripture Amen. to show them how to answer these questions that they're mm -hmm. getting from not only their peers from school, but like even in church, in church, yep. how to be able to answer those questions will be very helpful. Exactly right. You know, I think because we talk a lot to parents about culture proofing their kids. So today we talk to kids about being culture proof yes. and culture proofing. And it was really cool. And then even last night, as you were talking to them about the three Hebrew boys and, and well, the four mm -hmm. Hebrew young men yeah. and, uh, and how they were obviously raised to be ready to mm -hmm. go into a culture that was hostile to the Lord God of heaven. Mm -hmm. And they were given these new identities and all these things. And, and then as you get to the end of that presentation, you know, we're used to talking to parents about this mm -hmm. and we're used to saying, here's what your kid is facing. Here's how you need to fortify your kid. Yeah. But in talking to our young people who mm -hmm. are here mm -hmm. at, at the refuge and seeing them respond to the content that normally their parents would be processing like, mm -hmm. okay, so why doesn't Oreo just make cookies? Right. They really got that. They were like, <laughs> Oh no, come on, man. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and one of the kids yelled out, I know their cookies are trash. Like, <laughs> but some people love Oreos. But the point is, I think that you've got a lot of people who think that they are winning because they are keeping this in front of our kids. Mm. And historically, I would say that's probably accurate. Mm. I think there have been a lot of kids who their defenses have been kind of shaved down yeah. because of the ubiquity of all of this stuff that's in front of them. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think by the grace of God, what you are observing is yeah. also true that we've reached the point of saturation saturation yeah. so much so that the kids are like enough of this right. i'm sick of it right like we had we had one kid this morning um as we were talking briefly about critical race theory mm -hmm. this one kid and by the way we have several ethnicities represented among our campers here mm -hmm. several mm -hmm. ethnicities ethnic backgrounds represented among our campers okay and one of the kids who happens to be white said 
Um, and it was totally in context of what we were talking about, but I'll just jump to the, to, he raised his hand and he said, in my school, he said, my teacher celebrated Black History Month for two months. And he said, and in those two months, I was told that I was oppressive and that I was hateful and that there was no hope for me, that mm -hmm. I, was, I was always gonna be this way. Mm. He looks like he was maybe 13, 14 years old. Mm -hmm. He raised his hand and this is what he said, for two months, this is what he, and I think about that now, because when we talk about this on the air and we say, this is what our kids are being taught and we read the stories, mm -hmm. right? We read the stories, we read the headlines. We almost detach ourselves from those things like, well, yeah, that's New York and yeah, that's California for you, you know? Yeah. But you think about the kids. Yeah. You think yeah. about the kids who are hearing that right. and what that does to them. Right. And you think about our kids. And when I say our kids, I mean Christian kids, kids yeah. who love Jesus, yeah. who for eight hours a day are being told that you're irreparably oppressive, mm. that there is no hope for you. And then um, they go to church on Sunday and then people are standing up around them talking about the goodness of God running after them. <laughs> and, and they're like, but I'm a horrible person. Mm. This is why we have the explosion, not the only reason, but this is why one yeah. of the reasons we have the explosion of mental illness that we do. Wow. Yeah. Because our kids are being bombarded with these All mixed these messages, yeah. Yeah. being told something about who they are, right. that God has never said that they are. Right. And unfortunately for many of us as parents, we don't even know that they're hearing those messages. Yeah. And I'll tell you, parents, you should be encouraged as well to keep going. To disciple that's right. in the home you know i had a question uh this morning someone said you talked about indoctrination but what what uh people call what you you're talking about and what you're doing indoctrination i said <laughs> yes i said they would and, and it is indoctrination we are giving a doctrine to our children sound doctrine. sound doctrine and i said you know it's about the content that's being um promoted within mm -hmm. it i said we call it discipleship yeah you know we're raising up disciples well, i mean look they're they're sharp they, and they, and they yeah, really understand so that as great questions so parents i think we need to be encouraged by uh just this small microcosm of what we're seeing here that if this is happening around the country with our uh, children who are growing up in christian homes who have professed christ mm -hmm. man this is great because this is a generation that can begin to turn this thing around you know i think it was so important also for us to start our first presentations with um a a an apologetic, a, a logical defense for why we can trust the word of God. Yes. Because when you go back to scripture to answer all of the objections that we have, all of the objections that humans have, mm -hmm. right? The questions that humans have. And you prove, you prove that the Bible has the right to set doctrine. Yes. The Bible has a right. So Amen. now what we're saying is that it's not our own doctrine. Right. It is, it is God's doctrine. It is sound doctrine yes. that we want our kids to be trained in. Amen. And I think they really appreciate that. Aaron the Addisons, we'll be right back. When I look in the mirror and don't like what I see, oh, I just thank you for always loving me. And I know I get bad, but you wait patiently, oh, I just thank you for always Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Um, what a joy to be broadcasting from Aiden, North Carolina at mm -hmm. the Refuge um, Summer Camp 2023. And it's, man, I'm so encouraged. I am yeah. so encouraged. And as we were looking ahead to this week 
and planning out our guests. We wanted to turn our focus on our kids and we wanted to spend the week talking about the importance of inculcating a biblical worldview in the hearts and minds of our kids. Yes. And uh, Maria Hamilton III came to my mind <laughs> that like absolutely want to talk about the importance of this because one of the things I think we often overlook is that when we talk about biblical worldview taking shape and hardening in our kids, mm -hmm. that happens before the age of 13. Mm -hmm. So when we've got a youth apologetics track that focuses on kids from four to 12, and honestly, the reason we give the number four is just, it's a logistics thing, it's, it's potty training. It's not because we think <laughs> under four, we should not be teaching them about the things of God, um, but it's just, you know, that's yeah. just so yeah. people understand that. But Maria, I wanted to invite you on to talk with us this week, especially because I wanted to have a conversation about the importance of shaping and forming biblical worldview um, in kids that are 12 and under. We've got teenagers at this camp, but if we wait until they're teenagers to mm. start, we're already too late, aren't we? Man, yes. First of all, thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be on with my friends. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think to your point, I mean, it's true. When we wait till they're uh, teenagers, they're really... You know, their formative years we know is from 1 to 10. So mm -hmm. when we're trying to, uh, to to shape them by the power of the Spirit of God, really, and transform their character into Christ, mm -hmm. one of those components is strengthening their faith. You know what I mean? Like them mm -hmm. believing and buying in, if you will, to what the Word of God says. And so mm -hmm. from 1 to 10, I feel like 1 to 12 for sure, uh, we must be training them. Once they get to teenage years, they should have a, a strong foundation so that they mm -hmm. can, their worldview can be, can be strengthened at that point. But starting mm -hmm. at that age, you know, it's, it's, it can be difficult. Yeah, it is. And I, I think some, and tell me what you think about this, but I think one of the things that makes it difficult is that for some reason we have believed that our kids don't have the ability to process things like logic and being able to give a reason defense for the hope that they have. We have, we have believed that. Um, developmentally, we've got to wait until they're teenagers or kind of don't bog them down with all of this. Just let them live life, not realizing that there are competing worldviews that are not just letting them live life. They are kind of active in our kids' lives, whether we realize that or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and we see it in culture and we see it even in, in their education um, in the school system where the enemy has infiltrated and the enemy is not holding back. He's not watering mm -hmm. down. Right. His uh, worldview, you know, and in his strategy, he's not watering them down. And in the, in the body of Christ, unfortunately, we've embraced the the idea that they can't comprehend the things of the, the Word of God, as if there's like a junior version of, of mm -hmm. the Spirit of God or the Word of God. Come on, you know? and we do them a disservice. We do them a disservice. I always say, as you guys well know, is you know when they're asking the simple questions, the questions that children ask when you're reading them, you know, Jonah and the big fish or Noah and the ark, and when they're asking these questions about you know, did it really happen in the way that the Bible says? Can I really believe that it happened in that way? You know, yeah. was it a big fish? Was it a big whale? Um, did the dinosaurs fit in the ark? These questions are not, we cannot ignore them. When we ignore That's them, right. we are telling them that people at their age cannot be trusted or that um, we can't really rely on it until they get to an age where, I don't know, we determine that they can, like, understand scholarly work. I don't know. Mm. I mean, it's, it's still because really what they're asking are heavy questions. And if we're That's able right. to solidify them at age, yeah, if we're able to solidify them at, at a young age with those simple questions, you know, um, they can grow up confidently believing his word. And that's yeah, my heart, and that's our heart, what it is. 
Amen. I, I think I want to go back to something you said, because I think it's so important for us as parents to register what the question behind the question really is. And when our kids are asking what feel like to us difficult questions mm -hmm. about God's word at the core and at the heart of what they're asking is, can I really trust this? Can I really believe this? Because the Bible is going to make some demands of them. And if they can't get those questions answered that don't necessarily make demands of them, which at a basic level, all of it makes demands, right? It's like believe. It says believe, but it gives evidence yeah. for this demand. Then we lose sort of what we think are the deep spiritual questions that they may have about the faith. That's right. That's right. I think we wait until they're older to, and, and we see it when we're studying the Word of God as adults, you know, and we and we even study those, you know, uh, quote-unquote experts in the Word, the scholars, the theologians. We mm -hmm. know that those things are deep. We know that, that the reliability of Scripture, you know, the trustworthiness of it, the accuracy of it has been edited. All these things that we study as adults, we see the weightiness of them for us, right, because the Bible mm -hmm. requires that we put our full weight down on it. So right. we know we value that as adults, but why don't we value it as children, for the children? Mm, and I yeah. think the service, when we don't see that same weightiness that we need to be able to be strengthened and to lay our life down for the Lord and really plant our feet firmly on the Word, they need it. And at four, we have evidence, y'all, we've seen it. At four years old, they mm. can say, I know the Bible is true, and I know that this happened, and I know that the, that the account is related in this manner for this reason. Mm -hmm. They can hand these things they really can wow. and, and we just need to we need to do it so we can see it versus assuming that they can't and then watering it down and giving it a coloring sheet that's not sufficient <laughs> to strengthen their yeah. faith oh my goodness you know and speaking of the coloring sheets like i i just want to go back because i think that there is something Maria, that you bring as a teacher of Christian apologetics and also as an ongoing student of Christian apologetics, ever learning and really strengthening, um, I would say, your resolve to teach it. But there's one thing that you bring that I think is so insightful and so helpful. And so I kind of want to incorporate at this point just a little bit of your testimony, Maria, because <laughs> I think for a lot of parents, like if if you are raising kids and you happen to have grown up in church, there are many things that I think parents take for granted. And, and let me just give an example. So, so I'll use myself as an example. I grew up seeing the coloring sheets that had the animals all drooping, hanging over the side of the boat. Right? <laughs> right. And, and I, I saw things like that. And those things were handed out to us to color. And like, I never in my mind made a connection between the inconsistency of that and what it was proclaiming biblically, like what the Bible was saying. And then here's the coloring sheet to accompany the lesson that the Sunday school teacher just taught. I never saw that right. as inconsistent, right? However, yeah. however, today our kids are not like that, right? Like our, our kids are looking at that and they're going, okay, a worldwide flood completely right. wiped out all of humanity. And you're telling yeah. me that the giraffe just kind of, they, they just get to hang out over the side of it. Like, they're like, come on, this, this is like elves and gnomes, you know? And right. so we've got to be able, we've got to be able to deal with their gift of observation. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's extremely important. And, and I honestly, I've learned Ken Ham makes a great point in, in this mm -hmm. regard. Mm -hmm. because If we are talking about the Bible being the inspired word of God written by men and it is a historical document, right? And it is not mm -hmm. a book of fairy tales. Why do we depict them as fairy tales? Why do we depict right. these accounts as, 
as if it's Snow White and the in the, in the dwarfs, you know? <laughs> no, right. this is a real account that actually took place in real life, and God does not lie. So the way that he depicts it in the scriptures is that it is an ark with measurements, because God is a detailed God, so it, re- it reveals the character of God. If you give a child that is four years old, three years old, a coloring sheet with a boat that is not sufficiently big to sustain the animals, mm-hmm. then God, first of all, the word of God is not true because that's not the way, you know, the child would either, either take the coloring book or try to dig into the scriptures, you know, mm-hmm. and determine wh- what is true and what is not on his own. But if we don't do that for them, we don't help them to see the Bible as it is and God as he reveals himself to be in regards to the small detail as the animals in the ark, the fact that the Bible is extremely detailed about how many animals went in and how and the clean ones versus the ones that were to survive, and the fact that he allowed man, humanity to continue, all those things are historical facts, and they point to the Messiah. So when we don't mm. give them those accounts, biblically accurate, first of all, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then we, what, we're doing, what we're doing is we are rep- misrepresenting God and his character to them. But all the while, one of them believes. All the while saying, no, but just believe, baby, just believe. And in mm-hmm. reality, they they themselves desire, because they ask the questions, right? They desire it, this to come alive to them, right? To be substantial mm. and real. And that's why the Bible does not include it in a vague manner. You that's know, right. it, it is a detailed account of the flood. It is a detailed account of the size of the, of the ark, a detailed account of the righteousness of, of, of Noah and his obedience to Christ, oh, to God, excuse me. That is all, all of that needs to be presented to a child, and they can comprehend it and grasp it, and it will strengthen their faith if we do it the way that the Bible relates it. Amen. Amen. You know, and so Maria, to get to this point though, you came to the faith with these questions. And, and, and I kind of want to go back to that because I think, you know, there are well-meaning Christian parents, parents who have grown up in the church and have been familiar with the things of God who are like, I don't look into all of that. You know, God said it. I believe it. Mm -hmm. I don't look into all of that, (laughs) but God actually says, Hey, come look into all of this. He, he actually yes. says to us, come and check it out. Like he wants to be known by us and he wants us yeah. to delve deeply into the things that he's made known to us. So we're not being like noble. Like it, it's not something that we should be proud of that we kind of like shrink away from asking these pressing questions. And indeed, that's kind of your your entry into um, apologetics. You had these questions yourself. Yeah, I, you know, the, when I started reading the Bible, um, for myself, right? When I when the Lord captured my heart and I really wanted to know him better, I started reading the Word of God myself, and I realized that as you read simply, if you just read it simply from Genesis 1 on, it, 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 the way that it is written, and it is literally inspired by God, it is written in a way that it's authoritative, right? So it tells mm-hmm. you this is the way it happened. This is what occurred. This is what the Lord has done. So when I started reading it and being raised in pretty much atheism, I started seeing, wait a minute, it has to either be that the Bible is true and the way it relays it is true because it, it, it says it in that authoritative manner, or all the things that I learned that there was no God, that we evolved from monkeys, all of that was true. So it couldn't be one, it couldn't be merged, right? It's either one or the other. So my question started from there because I was like, wait a minute, all the stuff I was taught were lies, if mm. this is true. So I started digging more and more and more, and the Lord really started answering my questions because I was like, Lord... You are requiring me to believe this, meaning not only is he requiring me to believe that he is and that he exists, which of course is primary, but also mm-hmm. that that what that the way he has laid out human history is true. Amen. So, but it contrasts, it contradicted everything else that I had learned. 
So my question started from there, and the reality is that God has asked us in in His Word, it really commands us to worship Him with our whole mind, soul, and strength. So that means Amen. our entirety of who we are. So we mm-hmm. don't check our intellect at the door. We don't check our heart at the door either, right? We don't <laughs> check our, our our other part of us. We it's the entirety of us. So that's what God is requiring of us to to yeah. worship Him with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. So therefore, that means that that we are to give of ourselves fully. If I cannot believe what he has written in his word fully, then I cannot give him fully who I am. I can't work mm. with him with my whole, my whole heart. And, all. And, that's, and so the Lord is requiring that of us as adults. We know it. But mm. he also requires it of young believers. Yeah. So then can we train young believers to be able to put their, put their full weight down on him? Yes, we can. Because if God says that we can do it. And that's the way he wants us to do it, is to really grapple with Scripture. And we can do that when we're young. If we do it when we're young, our faith will be strengthened as we continue to grow and mature in him, you know? So that's what happened to me. It was those questions. I was like, Lord, wait a minute. You're telling me, believe, right? Well, if I believe, Mm -hmm. I need to be able to understand what I believe. And you have revealed it. So then it's like, the more I dug, the more it was evident that his word is indeed true. And we can be confident in that. And our children can grow up with that confidence. Amen. Man, and it's amazing because this God that we serve, who is a God of order and a God of details mm-hmm. and, and, and to a large extent, a God of publicity, like he does <laughs> things publicly, right? Like these things are not done yes. in a cave. Mm-hmm. They're not done in a closet. He does it where it can be like cross reference, where it can be checked and where it can be verified, which man, praise yes. his name. Like I'm, I'm so grateful for that. You know, I'm thinking of some of the questions that our kids have, like whether or not Adam and Eve were real. Were they real people? Are they, do they just kind of represent? Talk just for a little bit before we hit this break about why it's important that our kids know and are convinced that Adam and Eve were real people. Oh, man. You know, when we start, and I call it the devil taking the rug from underneath the book of Genesis. When we start doubting the accounts of Scripture, particularly Genesis 1 through 11, as we know, when we start saying that they're not historical, that they didn't really actually happen, and they're just like, uh, metaphorical, symbolical, you know, things like that. We are literally taking the rug from under the gospel itself. Because mm. if we say if we say Adam and Eve were not real, they were just symbolic. They didn't. They, if they were just like an idea, uh, the representation of humanity. I think it's like the argument that they were not two real people. Then, then did the account in the garden with the fruit actually happen, or was it just like a, an abstract concept in somebody's mind just to convey a point, right? The, the way the Bible relays it, if you just read it, like you can be a four-year-old reading this account, and you can see that he's saying it historically. He's saying mm-hmm. there was once upon a time a real man with a real woman. Mm-hmm. You know, so, when they, so then if, they, if they're just, you know, symbolic, then did they really sin? And if, they, if they're just symbolic, could, I mean, that's just so, so abstract. So then if sin did enter the world, then, you know, the fall didn't happen. And then if the fall didn't happen, there's no need for salvation for mankind. Therefore, Jesus is not necessary. Mm-hmm. Like if we mm-hmm. really start off by doubting the accuracy the historicity of mm-hmm. the scriptures in Genesis 1 and 2 and 3, if we start doing that, then we are literally saying there is no need for Jesus. And if that was metaphorical, if you will, or symbolic, symbolic, then therefore Jesus is only symbolic and just like an idea. No, no, no. These are real accounts. God conveys it in reality with truth and his history, because it's his story anyway. And mm-hmm. so then we, we do our a disservice and the body of Christ is a disservice and our children are a disservice when we say oh no we don't need to believe it exactly the way that it's conveyed 
Maria, I want to wow. do this. If you could hang out with us just for a few more minutes on the other side of the break, because what I want to come back with is I want to talk um, practicality. I want to talk about how you would encourage parents to begin teaching Christian apologetics to their kids, even at the youngest of ages. I want you to share some of the tools that you've used, some of the resources you might recommend, some of the websites that you <clears throat> frequent as you continue to be a student in apologetics. I want to pass that information on to some of our listeners. We'll do that on the other side of the break. This is Aaron the Addisons on American Family. Family Radio. Stay right there. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We're broadcasting live from Aiden, North Carolina at the Refuge. Yes. This is uh, Summer Camp 2023. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And all this week we have turned our focus to looking at our kids. And today we're um, looking specifically at the age group um, 12 and under. It's 13, but 12 and under. Mm-hmm. And why it's so important to communicate a biblical worldview to our kids at the earliest opportunity that is afforded to us and we've got our friend our sister our co-laborer mm. our christian apologetist uh, apolog- <laughs> apologetist apologetist <laughs> she's right right she, she's a <laughs> she's a christian apologetist she should direct a youth apologetics track somewhere god uh, she i mean that's, maybe in the last huh? few years she did do oh, that okay, maybe man, maybe man. that's what she's been doing no i'm kidding <laughs> hey um she's also the wife of abraham <laughs> hamilton the third who is also a christian apologetist I'm just going to keep going with that, right? I'm going <laughs> to... Maria, before we went to the... I, I feel like, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner, right? Like, have mercy. Um, but before we went to the break, I wanted you to share uh, some of the information that's been so valuable to you over the years in training not only your own children, but training children at our local assembly and for the last several years, training children at the Marriage Family Life Conference and everywhere that the Lord opens doors. I know that we are going to be in North Dallas next month and you'll have the opportunity there. You'll be training kids in Christian apologetics. This is just so important to you and so near and dear to your heart. What have been some of the tools that you've used to be able to hone your skills as a Christian apologist that you've you've taught to your kids and that you would encourage other parents to maybe look into? Yeah, so for, for, firstly, what happened with me, specifically with my children, as I uh, knew that the Lord wanted me to, to homeschool them and train them at home, um, mm-hmm. was primarily that he was asking me, as he asked all of us Christian parents, to, to shape the heart of the child, right? To, um, to help them understand the value of, you know, repentance and removing sin from their hearts. And if I'm going to do that, and I know the Word of God is His manual for us for life, and I need to um, use it to train their hearts, right, so that they can, um, you know, repent from sin and turn to Him and then, and then uh, you know, live righteous lives, then I can not only use His Word as a moral manual, because that's not the Word of God is not merely a moral manual, right? It's the Word of God mm-hmm. is literally His Word. And so mm-hmm. in His Word, He gives us, the history of mankind, right? Mm-hmm. So it would be wrong or incomplete for me to use his word as a moral manual to shape the hearts of my children when they're young um, and not give them the other component that is the ability to defend the faith, right? Like mm, I am I am living as a believer, I believe in Christ. My, my character must be transformed because he's worthy. And then mm-hmm. all of that um, 
the foundation of all of that is that God is. And this is how we know that God is. He literally reveals himself to, human, to humans, you know, throughout the, the entirety of reality since in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, right? So mm-hmm. uh, for me, that is weighty. That's super huge for me because I'm like, y'all, like we have to be able to do that for our children. If we're asking mm-hmm. them to repent from their sin and trust in Jesus, then there is, there is a foundation to that of who he is. God reveals himself to us. Yes. He says he is the way, the truth, and the life, right? So if yeah. that is true, then therefore we are believing that Christianity is true. So then that's foundational. Okay, so then from there, I was like, Lord, then help me to understand your word and help me to teach it to them the way that you, re- the, the way that you relay it to us, mm-hmm. you know, very historically accurate, you know. So literally, it would just be starting with reading the word of God to them daily. As mm. we do to be able to conform their character, we do yeah. that to strengthen their faith as well. Peter tells us, always be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have. The hope mm-hmm. we know is in Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ was, was a real man who actually mm-hmm. lived, who actually died, and actually resurrected. Mm-hmm. So if those things are historically accurate, can we equip our children to be able to say, yes, they are, I believe that they are. The, the Word of God says it. This is how we know that the Word of God is true. It is historical. It is, it is accurate. It is reliable. Um, so I, that's how I started. The Lord did lead me, praise God, I praise Him for this, to um, trustworthy sources. Because mm-hmm. as I look back, y'all, I'm like, oh my gosh, I could have really been deceived by the enemy. Because at first, you know, I'm just digging, and I'm digging, mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I'm digging. And, and I have found, after the Lord has given me a true foundation based on His Word, and He's brought me to reliable resources, I have found not-so-reliable resources that call mm. into apologetic resources. You know what I mean? Mm. So yeah. I just thank God that, that, that He brought me to good, reliable resources that, that literally comport to the Scriptures that yes. are supporting hmm. the Scriptures, that the Scriptures and, and, and the Word of God is preeminent. And then you have these experts and these people that the Lord has raised up to, to teach the truth in apologetics without compromising His Word. I think that is extremely yes. critical. So I do have yeah. some, if you want me to go through them, is that okay? I do, so, I um, do, yes. Yeah, so God started, God started with me with Answers in Genesis. Uh, mm-hmm. Ken Ham's ministry has been pivotal in my formation, my understanding, and in my children. And so, honestly, I've bought, like, almost every single thing he sells. Um, <laughs> every single DVD, all his books, I have read them. And then from there, he brought me to a second organization that is dear to my heart, Institute for Creation Research. Yes. Um, Anson Genesis is in Kentucky. Institute for Creation Research is in Dallas, Texas. They are awesome. And one of the reasons... Um, I love them. One of the reasons I, I you know, I, I trust them and I love them um, is because, again, like I said, they, the Word of God is preeminent. It is cheap, mm-hmm. you know, and so and you, can, you can hear it in their articles. You can see it in their, in their, in their, the things that they produce. And so with ICR, they have a museum, um, a discovery center in Dallas that is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. But they, these people in ICR, they're, they're scientists. They're, that's where I learned about Dr. Jason Lyle that came to the conference this year. Yes. He used to work for them. And so these people are, are learned people, you know, they're learned, they have degrees and they have the scholarly work and they have all the, the peer reviewed and all that, that, that the world, you know, respects, if you will. Um, but they, mm-hmm. they acknowledge that God is supreme, you know, and that the word Amen. of God is, is preeminent. And so that to me, it, that's what, that's where I find the trustworthiness. If they are adhering to the word of God, if they are not trying to stretch it or, or find gaps, if you will, in it to include, you know, man's understanding. But they literally take the Word of God and they say, look, the Word of God says this. 
And look what science does. Science confirms that the word of God is true. You know, yes. and so they see that they literally examine all of their um, work through the lens of Scripture, and I appreciate that. So that's two mm-hmm. of them. And then I'm going to throw this one out here because I love it as well. Um, Dan Warner Wallace, as you all know him, he's our, our sure. friend. Uh, Christianity. I use him a lot because he has a different vantage point. You know, he was a um, a police officer for many years, a detective. And so he, yes. he literally has scrutinized the Word of God and literally has seen it as it is, the truth. And so mm-hmm. he, his, his angle is really interesting to me. So I like the way that he um, prepares us to defend the faith. So again, these are just some, y'all. There's so many, but at the end of the day, my heart, um, oh, and I don't want to forget, Jason Lyle, Dr. Jason Lyle's um, ministry now, the Biblical Science Institute, a great resource as well, the Biblical yes. Science Institute, wonderful resource. These, these organizations are there to help us. Mm-hmm. To, they, they have literally uh, devoted their, whole, their lives to developing these resources so that we can use them um, to train, to not only learn ourselves, but to train our children. And so there, mm-hmm. there are ample resources. Again, the way that I examine resources is to, to compare their heart to how they view the Word of God. And if it's supreme yes. for them, then I trust them. Yes. No, I think that is so good to yeah. exalt God's Word, uh, to reinforce that our dependence must be in the authority and the trustworthiness of God's Word. You know, Maria, I think that when people are listening to you, um, especially parents, you've got multiple children, and and there's this idea of, man, I want a garden. And I think sometimes there is the hope or even like the wish that I could just throw out the seed and then boom, there's my garden. But really what is required Mm -hmm. of us is to take the time to plant the seed one at a time, right? And to take care of it and to watch it grow over time. And I think that that would be how parents would start. And I want to get your take on this because it's not that you went to all of these sites at once and then just like inhaled all of this information, but it's living life with your kids. It's as they are growing, it's hearing those questions and maybe not even immediately having a response, but saying to them, I'm going to get back to you on that. And so then you can, yes. you continue to add to your, your reserve of knowledge, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that is critical and and I think this is um, the way the Lord wants us to, to do it is we can't sell what we haven't bought. So one, mm-hmm. one thing I wanted to make sure I did was I need, I wanted to learn who God was and I wanted to, to see the scriptures for what they are literally God's revelation of himself to mankind throughout Amen. history and everything. So that was first. And then second, um, I think it's important that as parents that we um, take the time, like you said, and, and really that's really the main reason why we're homeschooling is because it does take time. And mm-hmm. so, you know, to be able to, to, to read the books and to uh, analyze Scripture and to really read the Scriptures and break them down uh, verse by verse, you know, and then when they have the questions about, you know, the animals in the ark, let's go to some resources that I have that I've read. You know, let's let's look at the books that are geared toward that age group and let's let's go through them and let's read them. Let's see what you know what um, what the word of God says in regards to that question. And so it does take time. Um, it is a daily thing. Every single day, I always say, if we don't, I know y'all agree with this. If we don't get to anything else, we get to the Bible and we get to Amen. talking about the word of God. You know, and dissecting it. So. Um, again, these other resources are, are additional, and they're they're there for our aid. But but the, but the Word of God itself, like going through the Scriptures and answering their questions as we're studying His Word, is extremely mm-hmm. important. I think daily we can do that. I think that that's important that we do every single day. Amen. Amen. Yeah, Maria, I'm wondering if you have um, just before we let you go an example mm-hmm. of seeing your heart's prayer, like the desire of your heart as it pertains to your children. Mm-hmm 
to shape their character. But even as you do this, you are teaching apologetics for all of the reasons that you just said to really root their trust in the scriptures in that if you're going to shape character with God's word, our kids need to know why God's word gets to shape their character, right? So do you have... Do you have examples that you look at where you can see in your kids' growth that, yes, God is using the discipline of Christian apologetics to, to shape their character so that both are happening at the same time? Yes. So one that comes to my mind is um, my Abby. So she's seven now. And um, she, well, I, I had taught a lesson at church, you know, regarding uh, worldviews. And I was, uh, you know, when I teach at church, most of the time I'm looking at our older kids, you know, like the 15, mm-hmm. 16 year olds, um, considering them because I want to make sure I, you know, I'm challenging them and equipping them. But my the little ones are listening along, you know, and they and they're following. And so, Abby came up to me one time and she said, "Mommy, I watched a video on YouTube or something, and we monitor YouTube, right? But she mm-hmm. was watching a video on YouTube, and it was talking about." Um, how planet Earth came to be, right? How the planet was formed. And so, you know, it talked about a bang and the rocks and the heat and all these things, and this is how the Earth came to be. And I and, and I said, what do you think about that? And she goes, well, I'm telling you because it seems like, you know, the Bible doesn't say that it happened that way. You know, the Bible says <laughs> that in the beginning God spoke and the, the Earth came to be. And I was like, that's right. That's correct. Mm-hmm. And she goes, but you know what? It's interesting because when I watched that video, I was thinking, she told me this, I was, I was thinking, I wanted to ask the person that made the video, so where did the heat come from? And where did the rocks come from? And where did the, you know, where did the explosion yes. come from? Like, that's exactly right. And that's literally what I was talking about in my lesson. And she goes, isn't that turtles? That's just turtles all the way down. Yeah, turtles so, all the way down. Yes. Well, you tell, yes. you tell, you tell, you tell Abby she can have some pink lemonade. <laughs> pink lemonade yes, for I, that I, question. I will, I will reward her with the pink lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! For your audience to get a glimpse of it, it's just the idea of like if you have a position on a topic, you have to have a foundational position. Like there has to be an ultimate mm. standard, and the Word of God and God Himself is that ultimate standard. So that was my lesson at church, and and she understood that it cannot be a belief upon another belief upon another belief infinitely without a foundation. There has to be a foundation, mm. and the Word of God is our foundation. And so, to your question, Miki, when they understand that. And then I come around later because that's my Abby again, and she yes. needs to understand that correction is good because her character mm. is sinful, and she doesn't want to be corrected. You know, oh his pride is in there. <laughs> you know, I use the fact that, wait a minute, but God said in the beginning, you know, let there be light, right? And that's mm-hmm. how the earth came to be. And in the beginning, he created the heavens and the earth. And I tell her, if the word of God is true, as we see that he proves it to be true, then therefore when he tells us, that we must repent from sin, and we must mm-hmm. honor Him because He's worthy, because He's our Creator, God who sustains everything that we see, feel, taste, and touch. If that is who God is, then then she is open to receive, yeah, He's worthy. So then I oh. must, you know what I mean? Like, I must want sin to be removed from my heart. Now, guys, let's be real. We're not perfect. Children are sin. You know, we, we're dealing <laughs> oh, with that. You know what I mean? Like, the sin is, that yes. is there. But, but, but to your point, it's like, if we are able to lay the fact that this is true, that God indeed reveals himself in this way, that he did it in the way that he did it, and then th- that therefore he is worthy of honor and respect, mm-hmm. then therefore we must want to be changed. And that's my mm-hmm. goal with my kids all the time. But yeah, Abby's a perfect example of that. <laughs> I, love, I love this example, though. I, I love it because we are not going to be able to be in every single place that our kids are yeah. every single time. So what we're endeavoring to do is to equip them so that when they are with us or they are away from us, 
they've got a solid biblical worldview that Amen. helps them to yeah. filter all content that they consume. They know how to process it, how to spit it back out in a way that they can be critical of, they can analyze, they can say, you know what? I can't reconcile this to scripture. I know the Bible is true. Therefore, this is a lie. I think it's just brilliant. Maria, we're out of time. Can I just say thank you so much for thank joining you. us today? Thank you. No, thank you, guys. Love you. We love you, too. All right. That's I mean, that's my goodness. There's so much more for us to chew on. Maybe yeah. we'll pick up with a little bit more of this tomorrow. Um, until then, Lord willing. God bless. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.